0: Welcome to UFO Party and X Files Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Julia. And today we are talking about season four, episode seven, which is Musing of a Cigarette Smoking Man.
1: Yay. I love this episode.
0: So good. Who would have thought that you would like ever feel bad for a cigarette smoking man, you know?
1: Oh, you felt bad for him. I still didn't.
0: <laughs> I felt sad when he was well, we'll get into it whatever I don't wanna. yeah, no spoilers. Um, how are you? I'm
1: tired. I have yeah. finals next week, so I'm pooped. How Great. are you?
0: <sighs> I'm fucking stressed, but we're we're getting through it. It's just like. It's been a really long week, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm babysitting for my sister because she's in Florida. So I've been not staying at my house. I've been staying at my sister's house, and like having to get up at like five thirty, six in the morning to get children ready and off to school before I myself go to work, and then pick them up from school and bring them to various activities and make dinner and also just um yeah it's exhausting um definitely not having kids ever don't know how y'all do this but yeah um yeah so it's just been like a stressful week and then um between that and work being busy and having a second job and just everything. I'm like, "Mm, I overbooked myself this week.
1: Yeah. So
0: (laughs) I have the day off on Sunday and I fully am not going to do a single fucking thing. No one talk to me. I will be in my bed reading my book. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's what you should do.
0: Yeah, but let's get into it because I only have about an hour before I have to go into a work meeting. Yay! Perfect. All right. Love it. This episode, obviously, is all about our backstory for Cigarette Smoking Man. We really get to know him up close and personal.
1: Yeah, Um, considering we enter with him in the worst angle ever. Yeah. He's so gross. I can't help it. Um.
0: So we open up and there's like a, there's a lot of title screens on this episode where like they're, cause they kind of break up his life into like chapters. So we open with the quote that says, for nothing can seem foul to those who win. And, uh, you know, obviously cigarette smoking man, all he does is win, 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 no matter what.
1: Uh Oh,
0: (laughs) but he is in like an attic, I guess, kind of like dark, creepy room and he goes to light a cigarette and his lighter says, trust no one. Cute little, uh, tidbit there. Is that what and you want now? Yeah. I would actually love that. Perfect. I'm sure I could get one.
1: I That'd think be really they fancy. make a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Um, and then he opens up a briefcase that has like recording stuff in it. Um, and he also has, sets up like a, uh, rifle. um, that is pointing at the lone gunman's door. Um and he is listening to Scully and Mulder talk to the lone gunman. Um about him, about him wow. and his past and he's like how fucking dare you <laughs> gossiping without me. Um and yeah, so he's like okay, well obviously I want to know what they say, see if they're talking shit. Um and frohickey is all like it is kind of funny because he's like Mulder says his name and he's like don't say my name like you gotta wait until like the um you know whatever this like screen is on or whatever so that no one can track us and then like he like the like what do you call those when they like i don't know I don't know what you're trying to think
1: of, so I don't have it.
0: Oh, it's like like a screen to protect them from being
1: listened to, like so that like no one can listen in on phone conversations. I have no idea all the the only thing I can think of is like a signal scrambler. But I don't think that's what Maybe. you're talking about. Yeah. Well. I don't know either. But either way, like
0: he's like, Oh, I gotta put this on so that no one can listen in to us and then they like on and like cigarette smoking man is immediately like just like able to get past it because Frohicky's like no one can ever get past this. Like no one would ever be able to understand what we're saying with this on. And then cigarette smoking man like presses a button and it's like okay. Anyways, I can hear you perfectly fine. Yeah. So Frohicky starts talking about cigarette smoking man's past and says that cigarette smoking man's dad was a communist <laughs> spy that <laughs> was it. executed. Um. And his mom died of lung cancer, so he was raised um, in a bunch of different orphanages after that. Um, And then we go into Cigarette Smoking Man's own memory. We go back to 1962, where he is an army captain, and he's talking to his friend, Bill Mulder, and fellow soldier, um, who is, it's really cute, because he's like showing Cigarette Smoking Man a picture of his one-year-old, which is obviously Fox. And he's like, my son just said his first word. And he's like, what was it? And he's like, JFK. It's so silly. <laughs> um, and then Cigarette Smoking Man gets called in to a meeting with the general and a bunch of other
1: people. And he's told that he needs to assassinate JFK. Well, they they break it down as him needing to assassinate a American civilian. Right. With, like, two kids. But obviously we can put things together very quickly because the next scene is in Texas.
0: And he, like, they kind of test him, right? To make sure that, like, he won't say anything about past things that he's done. Yeah. So that he's trustworthy. And then they're basically like, okay... And they ask him about his dad and he's like, "I my only regret is that I wasn't there to pull
1: the switch myself. There was something that he said and he was like, <laughs> sorry, obviously it made me laugh. Um, But it was like, communism is the most heinous thing to humanity. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot about communism in this episode but it's mostly like, you know, the propaganda that we're fed when we're younger.
0: Yes. Also, just like, the time period that we're talking about yeah yeah definitely um love it definitely communism was not welcome at this time no um yeah so we end up in dallas texas um where cigarette smoking man is talking to his bud lee aka oswald yep (laughs) And he is funny because he's like, Lee, you shouldn't smoke. Like, I read a study that said that they'll kill you. And he's like, yep, you're probably right. Do not care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they basically, I mean, so he already knows that he's unfortunately going to have to frame uh, Oswald for what's about to happen. So, um, he tells Oswald that he is going to be going to the movies, but he like kind of is like, oh, like you're going to have a good view of the president. Oswald's like, I don't really care that much about him. Like, he's like, yeah, I think like the president's family is interesting, but I don't really have, like, I, I don't really love his policies and stuff like that. So, we leave it at that. And of course, as we know, JFK is shot. Um, but in this. In he this shoots version, him from
1: the sewer. Yeah. It's kind of cool because like obviously you see the scene that like everyone has seen, but they're throwing in like the common conspiracies that go in with it. Like they have the yeah. umbrella man, but that's serving as like a signal to cigarette smoking man so when he opens his umbrella and like moves it a a few times then that means that he has the like go ahead to shoot from the sewer which Mm -hmm. is gross but I don't know I love shit like this
0: (laughs) yeah this was really interesting so um so we as like a viewer know that cigarette smoking man is responsible for killing um JFK however he also knows that Lee Harvey Oswald, is going to be up at the top of this tower looking down, watching the president. Perfect candidate to basically just be a uh, a scapegoat. Yep. And so that's what happens. Um, The cops come after
1: (laughs) Oswald. Well, one Uh, does and he beats him up. And he beats him up. (laughs) And then he goes to the movie theater yes. and he uh the cops also try to get him and he knocks one out but then they all pile on him and he's yeah. screaming police brutality and lo and behold um cigarette smoking man is also just sitting in the theater watching yeah, he's all just the sitting
0: there very calm and then he smokes his first cigarette which is one of the ones that uh lee oswald gave him we skip to five years later where cigarette smoking man is writing his first novel.
1: Uh, I love the side plot.
0: <laughs> yes, this is the part where I'm like, oh my god! Like I, it made me feel bad for him.
1: No, <laughs>
0: it made me feel a little bit bad. I'm sorry. He's I'm just so-
1: watching. He's writing about the old, the bad shit he does. It's not I like know, a fantasy but- novel. It's like nonfiction for him.
0: I know, but it makes me feel bad. He just, he wants to be a creative, like, he wants to be an artiste.
1: But he's not. He's writing about himself. I know, but... He's just writing an autobiography about all the bad shit he does. I don't feel bad for him.
0: it made me feel a little bit
1: bad. Okay, well, Aaron wants to marry Cigarette Smoking Man. (laughs) Oh, please stop it.
0: (laughs) I am just a little bit of a sucker. So he's writing this novel. Um, then we cut to him with meeting with a group of men, one of whom is J. Edgar Hoover. Um, and they are talking about Martin Luther King's speeches and like what's going on. Um, and basically they decide that he needs to be assassinated because he um is becoming too powerful, his ideas are becoming too popular, and it's going to basically undermine America's position in the Vietnam War. So, um, and he likes
1: communism.
0: And yeah, Cigarette Smoking Man actually disagrees with like most of what the group is saying about Martin Luther King and is like, actually, I really respect his views. I think that he is totally right. However, he can't, he cannot live because it's going like, I don't know, cigarette smoking man basically says that he like respects the way that he thinks about like the social revolution and, um, you know, working class rights and stuff like that. And he really like admires him, but he says that his, his views are going to shape America and eventually, it's going to cause problems so um especially for the military and the Vietnam war so he's he, like
1: one of those people that's like i'm socially democrat but fiscally republican
0: yeah probably <laughs> um so he basically is like i want to be the one to assassinate martin luther king because i respect him so much like i should be the one that does it and i'm like what in what fucking world please so he decides that he's gonna do that. And shortly after he's he's listening to the radio talk about, you know, how Martin Luther King is killed, and he opens a letter that his novel has been
1: rejected. Are you sad for him again?
0: Not yet. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> takes fine a with, few more
1: denials. No, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm fine with this one. It's more when he gets so excited and decides that he's not gonna do bad things anymore. And and then his dreams are crushed. That made me sad. <laughs> then we go to 1991, where he's it's right around Christmas time. He's meeting with a group of people who are like discussing um, different like political affairs, basically. Um, so they're talking about Anita Hill and um, how. Like, basically, Cigarette Smoking Man is like behind all of these very historic, important events. And like, he's just like the person behind the scenes that caused all of it. So they're talking also about like Anita Hill. not historic events. Yeah.
1: Because he gets to control who wins the Super Bowl and who gets nominated for Oscars. And that right. doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. So they start talking about Anita Hill and, um, the Rodney King trials and they basically are like the riots are like moving from LA. They're spreading. Um, like, what are we going to do? And he's like, don't worry. Like I got it covered. And then they immediately start talking about how he drugged one of the hockey goaltenders, um, in order to make sure that the, um the hockey game like turned out the way that they wanted it to
1: yeah he rigged the game
0: yeah so from there they're all pretty much just like wrapping everything up they're like okay everything's going as planned whatever one of his co-workers invites him for dinner with his family and he is like oh like i can't i have to go see my family which is obviously a lie and then he gives them all a striped tie
1: for christmas great great gift giving skills
0: so nice very thoughtful And then we see him walk past Fox Mulder's
1: office, which was
0: one of the things that they talk about. They're like, should we be worried about the spooky kid that opened the X-Files? And he's like, that's my, he's like, don't worry about it. Like, that's my project. Don't, don't even look at him. He's mine. And so he walks past Mulder's office on the way back to his apartment, hotel room, hard to
1: tell. In the book he writes apartment, but I think it's just a hotel room.
0: That's what I was thinking too, yeah. Um, And he he starts to work on his novel again. (laughs) Um, And he's talking about this person who, clearly talking about himself, but his main character is working on Christmas alone in his apartment and blah, blah, blah. And Cigarette Smoking Man writes that he knows that he needs to sacrifice things and he's okay with that. But sometimes... He says some nights he longed for a second chance. So we see a side of Cigarette Smoking Man that maybe doesn't want to be doing the things that he's doing and regrets the path that he went on, but not enough to really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I guess he is kind of trying to change it, but he's not there yet.
1: Yeah, I would think he doesn't. This seems more of like a side hobby and he just likes, um changing history a little too much to do anything else about it
0: you think that's so? how i
1: feel yeah
0: but he, given the chance he literally resigned
1: immediately yeah but his shit was still published and he uh, we'll talk about it later all right. yeah <laughs> we're skipping something but i don't know he's had a lot of chances to like not be evil and he seems to like just take over everything so he can do it all himself which just does not Help.
0: Yeah, I get it. While he's working on his novel, he receives a phone call from Deep Throat, who tells him to meet up with him at the site of a UFO wreck. Um they got themselves a Christmas present. Yeah, he's like so excited. In the form of aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they find this UFO wreck, um, and one of the aliens is still alive. But Deep Throat and Cigarette Smoking Man talk about how they cannot afford to keep this alien alive because it will basically speed up Mulder's work so quickly. So they need to kill it. Um, and they flip a coin because neither of them actually want to do it. But um, they do kind of talk about... Cigarette so Smoking Man is sitting there and he's like, "Do talking to Deep Throat. He's like, how often have we... Made or changed history, and no one will ever know it was us. We were just like two unknown men standing in the shadows, but this is no different. We're like standing in history right now and changing it, and
1: yet no one will ever know. Yeah, I think he just really wants recognition for something. <laughs> Probably, but it can't even be his writing because he does that under a pseudonym.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, They end up, like, kind of talking and arguing and Deep Throat's like, I'm the liar, you're the killer. And Deep Throat's like, I've never killed anyone, I don't know what
1: you're talking about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, he's like, your lies have killed more people in a day than I have in my whole lifetime. It's like an actually really interesting, like, argument that they have. But he's also just a fucking liar. Right. Like, they're both liars and they're both killers. (laughs)
0: Uh, And they end up flipping a coin and Deep Throat loses, so he has to kill the aliens. So he does. And then we go back to Washington, D.C. in 1992, where he's sitting in on Scully's interview for the X-Files. see, little baby Scully. She's so small. I it's love so, it.
1: Like, technically, that wasn't that long ago that we watched it. And it's still, she still looks so much younger.
0: I know. So She's funny. such right? a baby. Um, and yeah, so he's, and then he ends up listening to Scully's first meeting with Mulder as well. So yes. he's really been there like the whole time.
1: It has a lot of foreshadowing for future episodes, but I don't think we're getting there for a long time.
0: Yeah. We skip ahead a couple years to 1996, right? Yes. Where he receives an approval. His novel is going to be in a magazine. He is so excited. Um, he like immediately types up a resignation for the X-Files. He's let or for the X-Files, for the FBI. <laughs> he's like, I'm done. Bye. Um,
1: and he throws out his pack
0: of cigarettes.
1: Yep. He's it's done. very He's, dramatic.
0: he's ready. Um, and so he goes down. He's in such a good mood. And he finds the magazine at the newsstand, but he finds that they've changed the ending on him. And he's really upset. He sits down on the bench with um, a homeless man who has taken food out of trash and starts going on this monologue about how life is like a box of chocolates, but most of it is basically shit, and at the end you're just left with an empty box, so who cares? And he tears up his res- resignation letter, throws it in the trash, and leaves the magazine at the bench. So he's, he's done with his dreams. He's over it. Then back to the present year, uh, we go back to where he is sitting, listening to Frohickey, talk to Mulder and Scully about him. And he says that all of the information that Frohickey learned about Cigarette Smoking Man is based on a story he found in a magazine. And he decided to investigate and verify the story. And as he leaves, Cigarette Smoking Man has like the perfect shot at Pro Hickey. But instead, he says, I can kill you whenever
1: you please.
0: Whenever I please? Whenever I yeah.
1: please. I it's can a, kill you whenever the I lines, please. It's one of the lines that he wrote in one of his stories.
0: Yeah, the stories. last line. And then he says, but not today. And decides to let Pro hickey go, and we end there. I really liked this episode.
1: Yeah, it's fun. I like, I love shit like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I think that they did, I think they did a really good job at keeping a balance, knowing, like, especially like earlier, you know, that he was just a normal person. He was friends with Bill Mulder, like, he kind of became this uh, bitter, dangerous person over time through disappointment and through, you know, pressure to complete these tasks and stuff like that. And he is a bad person. He's, he has no qualms with doing bad things. However, he, you know, you don't just wake up and, and become that person overnight and um i think it's really interesting in the original ending he actually was going to kill Frohicke, um but they ended up vetoing that idea cuz they thought that that would be bad for um they thought it was too early for Hickey to to leave yeah
1: that yeah
0: and i think that they did want to show that there's still some part of cigarette smoking man that has like He's he's not just stone cold evil, you know. He has some things about him that are like, at
1: least hesitant to do bad things. Eh, I don't know. I don't think that hesitation is as big as it should be sometimes.
0: No, he's still a bad person, but I I think that the the idea that he doesn't kill Frohickey given the chance is intentional on the
1: writer's part. Yeah. I mean, I don't um, think it's because he didn't want to. I think he's just like, nah, we should like let this play out hmm. a little bit more. I don't know. I don't like him. I don't think he does anything good.
0: <laughs> okay. There's a lot of name references in this episode. I don't think all of that is super uh, important, but um, also, so we were talking about how you know, he has all of these like big historic events that he's part of, but he also is involved in stupid things like the Super Bowl and like hockey games and stuff like that. And um Chris Carter said that that was intentional because even though he is this evil calculating person, he still has like a smidgen of hope that in the back of his mind, he can be in be a writer be something else this is not his entire identity um and I think as time goes on he loses that hope more and more but um you know I think that's why he's still somewhat involved with things that maybe don't matter as much because there is part of him that is still human and still like has I don't know like like just i feel like it gives him a more human side do you have anything else
1: uh yeah i have a few things we learned in this episode that deep throat's name is ronald
0: and that's oh, yeah, the only thing we ever learn
1: about deep throat Yep. um this is the only episode that david acopney was like not in at all and then julian was only in for a little bit mm-hmm. so that was fun um this story was inspired by a superman comic uh jason wong earned the series first ever directing emmy nomination for this episode and they borrowed um jackie kennedy's pink suit from the production team of jfk which was working in the same like set year that the first year of x-files was or so uh, cigarette smoking man Cigarette-smoking man's pen name is Raul Bloodworth, and the real-life James Earl Ray, who was convicted in the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., claimed at his trial that he was not responsible for the shooting. And he stated that to have been the result of a conspiracy led by an otherwise identified name, man named Raul. So that's where Hmm. that came from. Okay. Um... And then the same actor that plays Cigarette Smoking Man, we do see later on down the line um, as another agent, but I don't want to spoil that too much. Right. So in real life, David Duchovny studied with um, JFK's son. So it's kind of funny that they said that his first word was JFK. Huh. Yeah. That's about it. There's just so much for these this episode because it's all, like, actually based on real-life events. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, cigarette Smoking Man is not a real person.
0: <laughs> Thank God for that, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs>
1: someone like him, but yeah.
0: Oh, um, so also, this is kind of up for debate, but like I said, um... Frohike tells Mulder and Scully that the story that he's telling is something that he read in a magazine. Um, and they did this because they basically, Mulder and Scully and Frohike believe that this is the factual history of Cigarette Smoking Man. They kind of added that because they wanted it to be a doubt. Um, and some of it may be true, but some of it May not be, might be made up or, or kind of like dramatized. And so, kind of just keeps this mystery to the cigarette smoking man because it, we're really not sure anything about him. We don't know what's real and what's fake. So, yeah, I, I think this was a really good one. And, um, I thought it was nice getting to know cigarette smoking man better. (laughs)
1: sure (laughs) yep that's what i'm going with all All right right. do you want next week's yes please all right so it's called i think i'm gonna fuck this up because my mouth is like not working right for me today um but i think it's called tunguska um so yeah season four episode eight and it is after investigating the deaths of two men in connection with the recent arrival of a diplomatic pouch, Mulder is imprisoned in a brutal Russian gulag while Scully refuses to answer to formal inquiries as to to his whereabouts. And it's a part one of two, so... Cool. Yeah. Awesome.
0: That's it. And... You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and you can do other things like (laughs) subscribe and rate us on Spotify and Apple and anywhere that you get podcasts. And Julia usually does this. She's very good at it. Uh, But... (laughs) so you should check out our merch um, for the rest of October we do still have our Halloween merch up that Julia designed and it's really fun so check that out it will be gone forever at the end of October so get it while you can
1: you know until probably next October like this time around
0: we'll see I'm saying forever
1: okay yes. and um, well also if you're a patron At our highest level, you do have a 20% off code that you can use in our merch store. Cool. And our Patreon is, I mean, that level is $7 a month. Wow. But our Patreon in general is $3 a month if you don't want a discount code.
0: You should get the discount code, though. It's probably worth it. You
1: should. It is. It's 20%. That's a lot.
0: That is a lot. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And stay safe stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye.